Blog Talk Radio. Turn it up. You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get rolling. Well, good evening. This is Mike. And this is Kevin. And we're here to waste another hour for you tonight. Talking about inconsequential trivia and giving poor advice. Yeah, maybe football. You never know. Football. Yeah, let's talk about football. Football. How about them Chargers? Yeah, you got a Chargers sweatshirt on there. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, it says the wrong city on it. I know. They're (laughs) talking about moving to L.A., which at that point, I have to select a new team. Yep. You're going to quit being a Charger fan. Yeah, I don't live in San Diego anymore. And, and I don't live in LA. I don't live in LA, and I've been a loyal fan of theirs for a long time. Mm-hmm. But if they leave town, I've got to pick a new team. Well, since you're in Iowa, there ain't no professional teams. No, no. So you get to pick whatever you want. Yeah, I do. Like um, the rest of the I've considered Kansas City. I've considered um, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. Minnesota. I've considered Chicago and Green Bay. You didn't really consider Chicago. Uh, it had to pass through my mind, you know. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean I'm doing anything with it. It's there. Yeah. Uh, Denver's a little far away. St. Louis is out. St. Louis is going to L.A., so that's out. Right, so we're, you're sort of... Yeah, I, I I really am having a hard time deciding. I'm, I was thinking for a while about choosing the defensive team. The team on defense at the time? Yeah, always defense. The home team? Well, I thought about the home team, and then I thought about the visiting team, and I thought about the offensive team. The refs? No, I can't vote for the refs. Sorry. <laughs> That's just a stretch uh-huh. too far. I am considering having my favorite team be whichever team is playing the L.A. Chargers. Whichever. Well, but the problem is you're not going to be able to watch those games. No. Of course, I could hardly ever watch the San Diego Chargers anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Seeing the Chargers at all was a problem. Yeah, it was a problem. Oh, I don't know. I, I'll have to chew on this. They haven't officially moved yet. They haven't passed the vote and accepted. They've got a year to do that, I understand. Well, yeah. I I, I hear the deal's going to get done in the next few weeks. So. That's what I hear, too. So uh, I'm just having to mentally adjust to it. Okay. Um, if any of you listeners, if there are any listeners, we take it on faith that there's somebody out there listening, uh, have a question or a comment. Push one on your phone. That will put you up in the queue. Uh, If you push it twice, as I've said before, you erase yourself from the universe and you wind up having to get a copy of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to find your way back. Or press one again. Or press one again. That's too simple, though. Um, The theme for tonight, at requested it, I was doing a training uh, in Nashville for some Bridgestone factory reps. And they said that at the, uh, one of these podcasts, we should do a call-in where everybody calls in their favorite myth about tires or trucks or alignment or something like that. Old and wives' tales. Old wives' old tales history. about it. Yeah. And and we can discuss those things ad nauseum and just like that. And uh, if nobody has any, I can think of five or six that we can talk about. Just off, of <laughs> just top off of the top of my head. head. Yeah, there's several of them there. <laughs> We will also be playing Where Are You Calling From? We do that all the time. Because we never get it right. We don't know. We don't know anything about our calling. We have no idea. We're supposed to filter our calls. That was the yeah. people that set us up that said we should really pre-screen the callers before we put them on the air just in case there's some wackos. But then we realized that we're wackos. And we're the wackos. <laughs> so who cares? Come on, whack us out. All righty. Um, I see we don't have any questions right now. No questions. And as opposed to me singing or telling dirty jokes. We'll um, go into what do you mean by a myth? A myth. Well, for example, I have heard people say that trucks are deliberately designed to pull to the right. Designed to pull to the right? Yes. So that if, if you fall asleep, the truck will go off the road instead of into oncoming traffic. Okay. And, and that's an absolute blatant myth. Right. There is nothing in the truck designed to go right. 
But if you had a Dana steer axle, Dana steer axles are built with what's called a biased camber. The right front tire leans in a little bit, the left front tire leans out a little bit. And the attempt in that was to try and pull the truck slightly left to the left because the road does crown to the right and slope downhill. And that's what's making the truck pull to the right. It's not the truck or the tires making it pull right. It's, it's the road. road. Unless the road the, isn't designed to push the truck or a car or anything else after the right. No, it's designed to let the water run off. Water. Yeah, it doesn't want it puddling on the, on the road. So that was the first myth that I thought of right away that I hear once in a while. Oh, the trucks are designed to go to the right. Bullshit. If you set it up correctly, except, uh, without a Dana axle, let's say. Mm-hmm. If you set it up correctly, everything zeroed out. Right. It would go straight. No, it would go to the right. It would go to the right. On a crown road. Not on a no, uh, without a crown oh, road. Oh, on a flat road. Oh, yeah. For perfectly flat ground, it goes straight. If you set it up zero, zero, zero. Yeah. It would go straight. And, the fir- and, and then I've heard people say that the reason the truck is pulling to the right is that the rotational torque in the engine is throwing the truck to the right. Yeah, yeah that's what I heard. That's the excuse I heard on why that uh, axle was uh, bias cambered to try and compensate, compensate for engine, engine torque. torque. Now, I for years I have dismissed these and and known how to set the truck up and everything else. But then in about 1999, I went to South Africa, uh-huh. and that was my first opportunity to go to a country where they drive on the wrong side of the road, the left side, the left side, and they were driving Peterbilts, they were driving Internationals, they were driving Kenworths, they were driving Freightliners. All the same trucks that we drive here, they had the same engines that we have here, mm-hmm. and all their trucks pulled left. Well, yeah, but they're on the other side of the equator. Oh, it's the Corollas effect. Exactly. That's causing them to pull left. <laughs> now I can't get there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not buying that either. We do have a comment or a question up there. Let's see. What area code is this guy calling from? It's the 307. 307. Now, are you going to guess where that is? Uh, my guess is. Indiana. My guess is Wyoming, because it says that on this list I'm looking at. <laughs> now, the next question is, is this guy actually in Wyoming? Well, if, he's, if he really wants to torture himself, he'd go east into our weather. Actually, so. if he's on Interstate 80, he's stuck, because Interstate 80, last time I looked, was closed, <laughs> right. and all so, the roads packed up. So I say he's west. You say he's west? Utah. I say if he's anything smart at all, he's south. Right. Well, get out of the cold weather. All right, let's find out. All right. Hello, 307. I am in Iowa. I'm heading from Chicago down to Los Angeles. You are in Iowa? Well, aren't you yes, in sir. cold weather? Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, it's. <laughs> the truck's telling me there's water in fuel. I think I need to drain my separator. Ooh. I, I, uh, Ooh. I had a question about tire wear. I got a, a tire that's wearing funny. We don't know anything about tires. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but we'll lie to you. Go uh, ahead and tell us what it is. Okay, okay I have a uh, it's 2016 International Lone Star. Uh, I picked it up with 22,000 miles on it. All the tires were good. You know, it's a lease truck. The um, the passenger side steer tire, the second, I don't know what you want to call it, the, the, the rib from the outside, the, the second set of tread from the outside. Right. Is right. galloping. Yes. I had an alignment done. I had an MD alignment done. I, you know, I don't, I don't know much about tires. I don't know much about tire wear. And yep. I know it did have a, um, what do they call it, a flaking edge or whatever. The, you know, if you run your hand feathered across edge. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's edge. got the, it's got the feathered edge on it. But that's that mm-hmm. second rib is, it, it's scalloping. It's not the entire tire all the way around. It seems like it's only half the tire that's doing it. So I have right. a rotation. What? After the alignment, and it's still doing it. They're good years. Yeah, well, yeah once it starts, it ain't going to quit. Um, yeah. In fact, it'll get worse. Now, what make yeah. and model of tire it is, do you know? Uh, they're Goodyear 22.5s. I don't know exactly which model Goodyear's. it is. Goodyear's. Okay, all right. And Goodyear's notorious yeah. for this. Do you have any idea what inflation you're running in that steer tire? Uh, 110. 110. And the sidewall says 110, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I... All right. 110. On that tire is the minimum inflation to carry the load. Okay. Is it? Okay. Yes. Yep. Now you're running I'm probably a hundred pounds, probably running a hundred pounds in your rear tires, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. 
70 pounds is the minimum pressure for your rear tires based on the load. Okay. Okay. And everybody does this. They all run their rear tires 33% over inflated. And then run their steer tires either at the minimum or under the minimum. And then wonder why the tire wears funny. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're carrying 12,000 pounds in that steer axle and everything else is right, the tire should wear relatively flat. But okay. if you step on the brakes when you're driving, how much weight's on the steer axle now? A lot. A lot. And now the tire's underinflated, yeah. and what happens is the footprint buckles, and the middle ribs try to lift up off the ground, and when they lift up, they start scalloping like that. Okay. Okay? And then once okay. they start scalloping, they just get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Okay. So the solution, okay. Okay. solution is more air. Is it really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they're, find... they're, they're, to, they're to the point I'm just going to have to replace them. Um, oh, yeah. Now, the company oh, yeah. with, they don't have a Goodyear account. They have a Bridgestone account. So they told me I could get a, a decent set of Firestones for $300 a tire. Um, That's fine. Okay. Uh, what do I run those at? You know, these are, if, if they're low at 110, what are Firestones low at? Well, there is no maximum pressure for a commercial truck tire. Okay. Okay. There is a maximum pressure stamped on the rim, and the rim is probably stamped 120 on your truck. Okay. So I always take whatever the steer tire says and put 10 extra pounds in it. That'll get you to the maximum the rim will take. It overinflates the tire as much as I can. And with these new low-rolling resistance fuel-efficient tires, it gives us the best tire work. Okay. Yeah, I've heard everything from suspension and wheel bearings and you know, no. Lowe's is telling me one thing, Petro's telling me another, Joe Schmo no. is telling me something completely different. And, yeah, you know, not inflation. Where I figured I'd give you guys a call. So. Yep, my, I'd, I'd bet money that that's inflation. Okay. It, it, yeah. Okay. It, 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 this, is, we, this is not the first time that we've heard of second rib. Yeah, it's uh, it's a constant thing since for the last 10 years we're seeing it on steer tires. Ever and, since, ever since uh, they went to these uh, low-rolling resistance tires. Uh, the, the improved rolling resistance tires. So we've been seeing second, second rib, rib and center rib depression wear. It's, just, it's now now that they use a soft compound, different belt package. It buckles easier if it's not inflated, right? As well as you can, right? Okay. Now I ran, I ran a set of Michelin's at the same the same pressure on mm-hmm. a rel- you know a truck relatively the same, mm-hmm. and they you know they never did it. Um, Michelin is Michelin's designed to run lower pressures. Okay. Okay. And not show irregular wear. And not show very much. Now, what Michelin will show is is you have four voids in the tire, four rubber channels where there's no rubber in them. Okay. And right next to the outside two channels, you'll see some edge wear on one of the ribs. Okay, about a quarter inch wide. And that's the way the Michelin tire shows the underinflation. If we get people to run the 120. Not only does the Michelin not show that, they get better overall tire mileage and they get a little better fuel economy. Right. Okay. Again, you're losing. You know, let's see. The 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 what what is the optimal pressure for for a tire? Well, the cold inflation that you're starting at is what the tire starts at, but then as it drives and the sidewall flexes, heat builds up in the tire, and the tire because of heat will expand the pressure. Okay. Right. And we expect the tire running at highway speeds at normal temperatures to gain about 15 pounds inflation when it's hot. Mm-hmm. So your normal operating pressure in that tire should be somewhere around 125, 128. Pressure. That's the tip. That's the operating. Pressure. That's the operating pressure, and that's the optimum. It gives you the best footprint, and everything wears right. If you started at 110. Right. Right. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. Very good, buddy. You that's have yourself up. a great day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for calling. Okay. Right. That that was pretty good. We we did okay with that one. He's Wyoming in Iowa. Do you know what Iowa stands for? I-O-W-A? You do? Yeah, you've heard it before. I've heard that. Idiot out wandering around. So any Iowa plate you see, that's what you're worried about. That's what I do. <laughs> That's true. That's what I do all the time. Next week I'll be in Philadelphia wandering around. Last week was Nashville and Chicago. Woohoo! All right, what do we got here for the next caller? Well, our next caller is from the five seven four area. 
574, and you're going to guess that is what? Looks like... What was your first guess? My first was Indiana. I'll go with that. Go with that. (laughs) (laughs) And what kind of a prize does he win because you got it right? A booby prize. A booby prize. (laughs) All right, let's see what Indiana has. And and is he in Indiana or did he leave the state? I wouldn't be in Indiana. I'm going to be in Florida. Uh, I would at least be in Tennessee. Well, let's see where he's at. Hello, Indiana. Are you there? Did we lose you? Well, we got the volume up. I can't hear him. I can't either. He must have us on mute. All right, put him on hold, uh-huh. and we will go back to Indiana later. Later. All right, so we got another one there. What's this we got, one? We got like three. And the next one is 262. 262. And what am I bid for 262? Tejas. Tejas? Why not? No, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. I was the cheesehead. It's in the same country. He, he He's he's depressed right now. All our Green Bay fans are depressed. Yeah, we better talk to we him. We better talk to this guy. This we, tough time. We'll talk him off, off the ledge. Right. Yeah, we'll do that. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. Hello, Wisconsin. No, Texas. Not no, Texas. Texas. That's actually, not Texas. That's actually... That's kind of insulting, to be quite honest with you. Don't ever <laughs> accuse anyone of being from Texas. I, uh, listen, I I lied to you. I didn't mean to lie to you, but I lied to you. Last week, Uh-oh. the cab Uh-oh. over that was having the heel-to-toe yep. uh, bounce, you asked yep. me if I had a uh, multi-leaf suspension or if I had a dual-leaf. Yep. Uh, I lied to you. Uh, I, I've got, I've actually got the two really, really long leaf springs. I was kind of wondering if that changes anything. Well, it, it makes it less probable that you're bouncing front to back because of a stiff spring. Um, just as possible though, that you're bouncing because of a, a bad spring. Well, a bad spring could do it. Um, and you said you had new shocks on this, as I recall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. And do you have to get to any particular speed before you notice this, or is it just do it all the time? Well, it's it's mainly, and this might be my uh, me being a little bit too uh, meticulous or whatever you want to call it, but it, it when I hit a, a decent sized bump, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not like any that I've ever noticed before. Mm-hmm. And it just starts rocking, just gradually starts rocking back and forth uh, a lot more than usual. Okay. And the leaf springs that are on the front, do you think they're the originals or do you think they've been replaced? It looks like they might have been replaced at one point, but uh, that you know that could have been 1999 when it was almost brand new. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to do one of two things on this thing, and it depends on how how much you want to jump into the bucks right away. The first thing I would be tempted to do is you probably have hydraulic shock absorbers on it, and I would change them over for gas pressurized shocks. They control the rebound better and can dampen this heel and toe porpoising. If that All doesn't right. do the job, then I'd have to put new leash springs on the front end. All right. What well, uh now, now my other part. There's, there's two other parts of this question. I'm really gonna pick your brain tonight. Leave every okay. base covered. Uh, I eventually, at one point, would like to do a six by two conversion. Okay. Uh, would that require a whole suspension rebuild? And would all this be uh, uh, good to do just uh, all in one foul swoop? You know, just kind of either wait it out or just do it all right then. Well, it it all depends on what kind of a six by two thing you really want to do. Um, I, I you uh-huh. you realize that you can do a six by two conversion by simply taking the drop in out of the rear diff and putting a cover plate over it, and taking the drive axles out and putting cover plates over those, and locking in your power uh-huh. divider, and and now you've got a six by two. Right. All right. Is that is that the safe way to do it, or is that the? Oh hell, that's that's our shade that, tree way. 
Yeah. All right. See that? I, I kind of want a little bit better than shade tree, you know. You uh, that, huh? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, the, the the second way to do it is that you take that second axle out, and you put in a trailer type axle, and you can attach it to the same suspension you got with some modifications, and right. and then you're then you've got a six by two, and and you have to take the rear diff, and move it to the front so that you don't have a through shaft and a power divider in the front position. You see what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. All right. The third way is that now, you take the front diff out and you put in a trailer axle that has a dip in the middle of it to allow the drive shaft to go past it to the rear axle. And then you have a six by two with the auxiliary axle in front. You see what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And some uh, people are making that auxiliary axle in the front also a lifting axle so that when you don't need it, you get it up off the ground, reduce tire wear, and reduce drag. That that sounds like it's the cheapest in the very long run. Uh, it, uh, according to the numbers I'm getting back from people today, that's the one that gives you the best fuel economy, but it's actually the most expensive conversion. All right, but with all the tire wear... All right, what happens to the tire work? Right now, your engine horsepower is passing down through four different wheel positions. If you go to a 6x2, all the horsepower passes down through two wheel positions, and you will double the wear rate of those two drive tires. Okay, so, so it would actually be Go ahead. It, it would be better then to leave all all four on the ground then. No, it doesn't matter if all four are on the ground. It matters if all four of them are driving the vehicle. Right. That, it's the torque okay. that's going to leave the rubber on the ground. Yeah, the people who have gone to the 6x2 get half the life out of their two drive tires that they used to get out of four drive tires. Okay? But that auxiliary axle, the tires work great and last a long time. Like a trailer axle. Yeah, so it's kind of a push back and forth between which one's better than the other. The big advantage to going to this 6x2 is the fuel economy savings. And the way fuel prices are going right now, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, how you're going to pay it off. The big, the big companies are starting to step away from the 6x2s just because they're not seeing the savings. And the uh, price of oil just dropped below $30 a barrel for the right. first time in, I don't know, seven years. Long time, yeah. All right, all right. So... Just leave it alone for right now and have the suspension completely rebuilt. That would be my best uh, my best avenue then. Well, the most thorough way to do it would be to rebuild that front end, put new leaf springs in it, put gas pressurized shocks on it. That should take care of the problem, okay? Was there a problem you're having right. with the rear suspension? No, his problem is the vehicle porpoises, and he doesn't know where it's coming from, and I think it's coming from the front springs. Right, and either, it's, either they're bad springs or they just need better. They're wore out, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if I add a spring, won't I like shatter my spine? I'm in a I'm in a cab over that that'll paralyze me, won't it? Well, well, if the if the springs are so fatigued that they're not controlling your rebound now, adding a spring may stiffen it up. But I wouldn't add a spring; I would replace those two with new leaf springs. Right. All right. All right. All right. Well, I will leave you guys alone. I thank you again. I just wanted to call and clear it up and see if there was anything else I need to do. You're more than welcome, and we apologize for accusing you of being a Texican. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. All right. That was fine. Follow-up call from last week. That's yeah. cool. It's crazy that uh, either over-stiff springs or fatigued springs could be causing the same problem. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's an imbalance right. between the spring rate in the front and the rear. If they're balanced, it just kind of rolls along. But if it's imbalanced, it throws the weight front to back, front to back, front to back, and makes the vehicle porpoise. I see, I see what you're saying. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Very good. Uh, let's try the guy we skipped before. Sure. Was it the Indiana guy? Uh, it's it's India. Yes. It's yeah. India. Let's see what happens. Five seven four. Is Mister Five Seven Four there? Hello there. 
Can you hear me now? I can hear us through his. Yeah, but he ain't there. He went to the bathroom. All right. We'll leave that alone. Okay. Very good. Uh, next is 651. 651. If I remember correctly, for some reason, I'm thinking it is Tennessee. No, that's Minnesota. Tennessee is 615. 615. Minnesota is dyslexic, and it's 651. So if you were just dyslexic and yeah. from Minnesota, you'd yeah. be in Tennessee? That's right. All right, let's see what Minnesota – I bet they're colder than we are. I bet he's not in Minnesota. I bet not. If he is, he's frozen in place. Yeah, hopefully he's passed us in Minnesota. There you go. Hello, Minnesota. Hi, it is Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, are you there or are you out of there? Yeah, I'm in Minnesota right now. It's the oh. envelope. Can you get your engine started? <laughs> it's going to stay running all night long. <laughs> all right, all right. So what's up, buddy? I've got an O2 Columbia, and I want to know what kind of uh, steer tire that should be running. I run reefer from Minnesota to Texas, and uh, right now I've got some cheap Toyo tires, steer tires. Yeah. And uh, I want to pull them out of there because I want to pull more than 12,000 pounds up in the front axle. That's my other question. What should I um, – What's your advice on what can I do to pull more weight up there? Oh, okay. So you have a 12,000-pound front axle truck, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to put more weight on that steer axle, right? Yes. Okay. Legally, officially, you need to get 13,200-pound front springs. You need to get a 13-2 steer axle with 13-2 spindles and bearings. And then you need to run 16-ply H-rated tires, and then you can haul 13-2 up there. That's officially and legally. Okay? Okay. Now, do you want to know what everybody else normally does? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> they put 16-ply tires on the front, and don't tell anybody what the axle is, and they haul 13-2 on the front. Gotcha. That That was kind of my backup plan. Now, make sure that if you go to A-treated tires on the front, and I'm not telling you you can do this legally, but make sure you get rims that are rated for that higher weight, okay? Okay. The rims that you've got now probably have a maximum 120 PSI on them, and when you put the A-treated tires on, they're going to have a minimum 120 pressure requirement on the tire. So you want to get 130 rims to match up with those 16-ply tires. Gotcha. If you keep okay. pulling the perfect guard, you might find this 13-2 axle out there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure you could find it. It's just most people don't bother. Most people don't. Right. Yeah. Is that a pretty intensive job, pull that axle out of there and get it on them? Um, that depends how big a shop you got. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> now, now, what kind of tires do you guys recommend for a pollen reefer? You know, I'm always heavy. I'm always close to the 80,000. Uh, Continental said, makes a somewhere. real good 16-ply tire for highway application. Uh, Michelin makes a real good tire for 16-ply for highway application. So does Bridgestone, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Goodyear makes a good one. Some people are prejudiced against it, but I find if you run the pressures yeah. right, it'll run, okay? The, dis- the, the decision-making process for me, if I was looking at a tire, it would depend on... Who's the tire dealer, and will he work with me? I've never been a big fan of Goodyear. (laughs) Yep, there's a lot of people out there that said the worst tires in the world have Goodyear written all over them. (laughs) But you do definitely need a premium, and even if you're not running, even if you don't ever get up to 13.2, running the 16-ply tire is still going to serve you well. Yeah, for example, Continental, uh, they stopped – when they first came to the U.S., they're German tire. When they first came to the U.S., they didn't make a 14-ply tire. They only made a 16-ply H-rated tire. But in order to compete in the market, they started building a 14-ply tire, and they have for several years. Well, this year, they're discontinuing the 14-ply tire. They're only going to make the 16-ply tire because the trucks are going to 13-2 front axles anyway. So mm-hmm. we just tell everybody, run a 16-ply anyway, and you'll be better off. Yeah, last time you were talking that the 
Michelin is the best, but for for the money you're going to spend, I mean, your Continental and Firestone or Bridgestone will do, do just as good, right? Or Firestone, yeah, Firestone is Bridgestone's second tier tire, and they make a really good tire. Uh, Continental has their second tier is the General tire. I've seen some really good results out of Generals. Michelin's second line is the BF Goodrich. I've seen some really good runs out of BF Goodrich. Uh, so there's there's several good tires out there that could be run and run in that application. Right, but there's no it, it running from Minnesota to Texas. If you're looking for the best tire mileage and the best gamble on whether or not the tire is going to do what it's supposed to, the premium steer tire from each one of those companies is yeah, that's your best bet. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. No problem, buddy. You have a good day. Thanks for calling. You too. All right. Very good. That was a good. That was a good conversation. Yes. Do we still have that Indiana guy up on the top? Yeah, he's up there. Do you want to try him again? Not really. Okay, then we'll go down. What's the next one down there? Uh, two one eight. Two one eight. Any guesses? Um, I, I, Texas. Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> everybody's from Minnesota, and I think everybody's from Texas. And they're having a hard time getting their engine started. That's is that why they're calling? That's what the problem is. Okay. Yes. Uh, so he's. You think he's stuck in Minnesota? I think he's stuck because his engine won't start. I think he's. He was. I think he heard this was coming and he got the hell out. of And do you know when you start an engine and it's really cold and it crank, 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 cranks and then it starts pop, 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 and it finally runs and all that white smoke's coming out of the stack. Do you know why it does that? Do I know why it does that? Do you know why it does that? Why does it? Okay. Diesel engines fire on compression. Right. And let's say the compression is 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. And the outside temperature is 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. When you put 70 degree air in there and it compresses at 10 to 1, the temperature of the air goes up to 700 degrees, which will ignite the diesel fuel. I see what you're saying. Okay. okay. If it is 10 degrees outside and you get a 10 to 1 compression ratio, the temperature only goes up to 70 degrees and won't fire it. Mm-hmm. So we need to increase the compression in the engine. Well, the top of the cylinders in a diesel engine are dished like a cereal bowl. Right. When you start cranking and it won't fire, it fills up the top of that bowl, diesel fuel, which reduces the size of the compression chamber and increases the compression rate to the point where it'll fire. Now, when it fires, it's got too much fuel in it. It pop, 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 pops. And that white stuff you see it coming out the top is unburnt diesel until it warms up enough that it doesn't need that and it starts running. I learned that in an engine class once. That's my trivia for today. I heard that once, too. Okay. What do we got? Minnesota. It was 218. And And it's Minnesota. Minnesota, And he's stuck there. You think he's stuck there, and I think he's already out of the state. state. Okay, let's find out. Hello, Minnesota. Well, I had an issue earlier today while I was still in Minnesota and ended up changing the fuel filter at a truck stop, but Uh I'm down in Missouri. Good for you. He got out of the state. Okay. And what can we do for you tonight? Amazing things. Yes. <laughs> um, the you say the air, air pressure is stamped on the rim. Is that the cold pressure or the working pressure? That's the cold pressure. That's the maximum cold okay. inflation the rim's designed to handle. On the rim. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's kind of what I was thought was going on, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah, and it says that right on the rim, maximum cold inflation 120, maximum cold inflation 130, 140, right. whichever the rim is rated for. Because they don't want you know, they want you to be able to test it in an environment that is consistent. Right. They don't know whether you've driven it enough to call it a hot temperature, so they just go by cold. Yep, and, the, and in order to tell if a tire is cold or not, it has to be off the road for two hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not oh, too happy Minnesota with my boss. He actually, <laughs> yeah, negative 44 degrees when I left. Yeah, that only takes 10 minutes. It only takes 10 minutes. You don't really have to <laughs> wait two uh, I wasn't really happy with my boss this week. He made me run to an alignment shop that had a uh, hunter alignment rack. So uh-huh. I wasn't too happy about it. Still feels the same as it did when I left. So well, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. They may have fixed it. Yeah. What is well, it doing? 
they felt that the drive tires were out of alignment. Well, the, only the toe was off just by a little bit. The drive tires were perfect, according to them. Hmm. So, okay. Well, that's harsh. Yeah, it depends. On, oh. It depends on what specs they were using too. If they're using factory specs, those are pretty wide. Yeah, right. I know. Yep. Hey, well, okay. thank you guys very much for your time. Not a problem, buddy. You have a safe drive. Stay warm. Thanks for calling. We got through that one. All right. Cold temperatures and warm temperatures. Okay, let's talk about cold temperature. You're in a shop. Mm-hmm. The shop is 50 degrees. Your car's truck's been in there overnight. You check the inflation, all your tires, and they're all correct. Right. The temperature in the shop is 50, 60 degrees. Right. That's, yeah. Outside, the temperature is 10 below zero. Okay. What happens to the pressure in your tire when you back outside? It drops. How much? I'm not exactly sure. About 20 pounds. Okay. So if you were correctly inflated to 110 inside that shop, and you backed it outside and let it sit there for 20 minutes, half hour, now your yeah. tire's got 90 pounds 90 in it. 90 pounds, right. So you want to check it in the in the cold environment. That it, no, it's ambient temperature is the rule yeah. for inflation. Ambient temperature is called the cold inflation. Right. Now, if it's 80 degrees outside and the shop doors are open, so it's 80 degrees outside, 80 degrees inside, it doesn't matter. Right. But in the winter, in cold country, if you air them up inside, you have to bracket outside and let it cool down and then check it and see where you're really at because you can be majorly underinflated. Right. Okay? All right. Cool. Now... Who we got? 909. 909. There is no 909 in the country. Of course not. Of course not? So where are you going to guess they are? Jamaica. Oh, yeah, man. Jamaica. But this is West Jamaica, California. California. Okay. But he might be in Jamaica. Well, if he's in, if he's in Jamaica, he ain't leaving. So. And he got there with pontoons on his boat. Right. All right. Let's see. Hello, California. Good morning. I, you know, morning. Oh, I knew it was a time that. difference, but jeepers, creepers. Uh, how you guys doing today? We're good. Yourself? Um, I'm doing better today than it was yesterday. So um, I had called in about, I don't know, maybe last Sunday. And uh-huh. um, you had told me I had the Henderson, Henderson suspension, and I was having to wear on the super singles, and you said put the inch and a half angle iron on. Yeah, and I am just calling. I I made an appointment with my shop, mm-hmm. but they wanted me. They wanted me to call back to make sure what size angle iron the inch and a half to put on there. Because they uh, wanna, eighth inch, eighth of an inch. Yeah, and be uh, okay. Was it eleven gauge? Eleven gauge or eighteen uh, eighth of an inch? Just just it doesn't really matter. Just whatever they could find, stick it on there, tack weld it on. She should be fine. Right, and that's what I'm doing. They just they were just like, you know, he he said, you know, oh, that's a great idea. We're just not really sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep. I, no. So uh inch and a half, uh, eighth of an inch, and I'm going to get that done on Monday. Awesome, buddy. Give us a report back later and see how it does, okay? Uh, yeah, and I just, yeah, and then on top of that, so I ordered I ordered three more tires, so uh-huh. we'll see what happens. All right. I appreciate we appreciate it. that. Thank, thank you. And where are you at right now? Arizona. Oh, you're in California going east Arizona, or are you going west? I live in, I'm the one that called that lives in Florida, has a California number, and I'm, on Sundays (laughs) I'm in Arizona. (laughs) He's totally homeless. He doesn't know where he's at. (laughs) All right, buddy, you drive safe. Safe, man. Bye. Thanks for calling. Cool. All All right. Very good. Very good. All right. We got another caller there. We do have another caller. Yeah. I know where he's from. You do? 760. 760, that's California. Another California. We got two Minnesotas in a row and two Californians in a row. California. Okay. Now, is this Californian in California or is he headed to Hawaii? uh, You know, I bet you can get away with staying in California if you're already. There's a long drive north and south in California. Yeah. Not only that, but there's plenty of just pick up at the border and go back. That's true because people don't want to go into California. Okay. Let's see where he's at. Hello, California. Okay, I'm in Julian. He's in Julian, where I graduated. Where I graduated from high school. Yes, sir. I got one question. I called in before about the uh, draggling sockets. Uh huh. 
Uh, now I got a question. The inner tire on the same truck, it's got a, some Chinese thing on it, and then there's the outer tires of General. The General, uh, for some reason, they got over 30 ounces of uh, balance weights on there. Is that good or is that bad? Well, if it's actually balancing the tire, it's a good thing, because if they weren't there, it would be really out of balance. Yeah. But if, in fact, the balance weights were misapplied, then it's a bad thing. Or if the tire was mismanaged or if the wheel was bent. Or if it was a bad rim and somebody and some asshole welded on the rim to try and seal up the crack, and now they have to put a lot of weight on. There's a lot of questions I have to ask. 30 ounces raises a lot of red flags. Yeah, it does. Yes. Now was so, that on yeah, the inner was, tire? Was that weights on the inner tire with the Chinese or on the outer tire with the with the general? Outer tire with the general. Wow, I'm I'm a, I'm a little concerned about that. That's a lot of weight. Well, the guy said he got one of the locals that up here in Julian to balance it using a car balancer or so, is what he's claiming. But that scared me, so I went ahead and I, was, I figured I'd give you guys a call and see what. Um, uh, what it is, and he's got cuts on the inside of the tire, and he's he's trying to the owner's trying to claim that the uh, the balance is is causing the cupping. I said, no, that sounds like a loose bearing. Yeah, that does sound like a loose bearing. Is it on the inside of the general tire, or the inside of the Chinese tire? Uh, inside of the Chinese tire. Yeah, that sounds like a loose wheel bearing. Okay. Yeah. If it was just the Chinese tire, then it would be on both sides of it. Yeah. There's yeah. something yeah. Yeah. And if it was balanced, it wouldn't be on just that one shoulder either. It would be on both shoulders. Um, okay. Because all now, the other balancing, he's within 10 ounces. He's yeah, and that's where you expect him to be. Now, yeah. would you like to test that balance to see if it's correct or not? Uh, yeah. Do you have a jack and an impact gun where you could take a steer tire off the truck? Uh, yeah. Take the steer tire off. Take that drive tire that's so far out of balance, it looks like. Hang it on the steer axle where you have nice free turning. There's no gears. Okay. And if you put the weight at the top and it falls to the bottom, the wheel rotates and falls to the bottom, it's a balance problem. Okay. Okay, I'll do that because that's, that's the one truck I've been working on. that doesn't. It's an old 74 Pete that has no uh, front brakes. Aha, yeah, so you got no drag up there. You can use that spindle to just spin that tire or, or just turn it so the weight's at 3 o'clock and just let go of it. And if it stays there, well, it's got a balance problem. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Very good, buddy. Okay, and uh, I got your books, and I did uh-huh. a couple of alignments out of there with the strings, and uh-huh. they worked perfect. Oh, we screwed up, Kevin. We're not supposed to teach people how to do that. They're supposed to have to come to our shops and pay money. Oh, too bad. <laughs> oh, and I was going to ask I'm one glad more question. For you. Okay. What's the temperature back there? Uh, uh, it was uh, six degrees below zero this morning. When I left home, seven degrees, positive or below? Well, at home, the temperature gauge at home said it was one degree outside. Well, I'll, I'll believe that. Let's just put it this way. It's colder than the well diggers asked in January. Well, everybody's up here in Julian's bundled up at 32 degrees. Yeah, but they're still in California pussies. They don't know what it's all about. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks, Great, guys. Everybody. You have a good time. Call again if we can help. Okay, you too. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Julian, I graduated from high school. The graduating class at that high school when I graduated was 12 kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big school. And you were two of them. Yeah, I was two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was the, uh, I was the leader and the last in the class. I was both. <laughs> All right, we got two more there. We got to get through these. How long have we been at this? Uh, 45 minutes. Whew, boy, I'm running out of breath. Right. Where's this guy from? This one's uh, 865. 865. Familiar, so. Tennessee. 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 He could be in Tennessee. I would stay there. Mm. <laughs> I was in Tennessee last week. I was at Bridgestone's plant in Laverne doing training for uh, Bridgestone factory reps last week. They were a pleasant group. They didn't know shit, but they were a pleasant group. <laughs> <laughs> they knew more after you left. Uh, I don't know. They were, they were, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay, what do we got here? Let's see. Hello, Tennessee. 
Hello there. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? We're great. Where are you at today? Well, I am in Crossville, Tennessee. In what? Crossville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, you're in Tennessee. He's in Crossville, Tennessee. So he's yes, staying home. Okay. All right. No, no, I'm I'm leaving out. Going to pay off. All right. Very good. And I got a question for you. Um, I'm driving a, a 14 Cascadia. Okay. And um, when I go across the scale, I'm running about five miles an hour. I get a pocket in the front end. Yep. And it's almost like the truck drops a little bit. Uh-huh. What could that be? Usually it's the rear spring shackles on the steer axle leaf springs. And it's not a problem. They just snap and pop. Is that there's, there's, normal? Normal. It's, it's Peterbilt's normal. do it. Uh, Freightliners do it. You can change to a different type of spring shackle pin and bushing and stuff and stop it, but it really doesn't cause a problem. It doesn't cause an alignment. doesn't cause tire wear. doesn't cause... The only thing it can cause is if you're running in the slow lane on a two-lane interstate. And you're and the and the lane is leaning to the right, and your steering wheel is in a certain position, and you're driving straight. When you cross into the fast lane and the truck leans the other way, you may feel it lunge a little bit, and you'll notice your steering wheel position changes a little bit when you're going straight. It does that. Okay, that's those spring shackles sliding back and forth because they don't fit perfect. Okay, and that's where the snap and pop comes from, too, particularly when you're in a parking lot and you're going slow and twisting and turning, you get the snap and pop underneath your feet. Okay. Well, okay. I, uh, there's another driver. I'm a company driver, and there's another driver I talked to, and he's in the same type truck, and he mm-hmm. does the same, exact same thing. Yeah, they all do it. They all, they've been doing it for decades. Yeah, and there's there are some ways you can fix it. If you want to spend the money and do it, but it really doesn't cause a lot of problems. Now, I have a question on your Cascadia. Okay? Okay. Okay. If you're in a parking lot, wheels are aimed straight ahead, and you turn the steering wheel to the right, I'd like you to figure out how many times it can turn to the right. If it just turns two full turns, that's a good number. I like that. If it turns two and a half to two and three quarter turns, that's what we call a 55-degree wheel cut. And vehicles with that, we're seeing are taking off the outside edge of the right front tire. And we don't know how many of those Cascadias or Volvos have got those, but we're we're doing a survey to find out how many people have got it. Okay. Well, I'm, I can't do that now. I'm running it 70 miles an hour. So. Oh, give it a uh, try. It can't hurt much. <laughs> I'm sorry? Go ahead and try it. It won't hurt for long. For long. <laughs> well, actually, Maybe I'm not in the truck right now. I'm in a public. Uh, I got back into about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, and it's in the shop. But uh, I see. I, I, I am in a Cascadia now, but it's a, a 2010, and it doesn't do that. It doesn't pop at all. Okay. Okay. Yep. It. In some Peterbilt, some Freightliners don't do it, but a lot of them do it, and it's very common, and we know how to fix it if people want to fix it. Uh, there's an easy way to do it, and it lasts for a while, and there's a real good way to do it, and it lasts a long time. But it doesn't really cause any tire wear or handling issues other than the sudden lurch when you change lanes. Right. Well, the tires don't wear funny. No, the they don't. The don't at all. No, they won't. So. Okay? okay. All right. Good enough. I appreciate it, guys. You have a great day. Thanks for calling. You too, bye. Bye. You're welcome. Okay. Tennessee, in Tennessee, but leaving. Leaving, yes. Yes. All right. And his truck's a 2014 Cascadia, but it's in the shop, and he's driving a 2010 right now. Which could have the axle also. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. We got another one there. There's one. Yeah, you're not going to know where this one is. We don't have no idea? No idea. No idea. 402 area. 402. Oh, let me think. I used to live in that state, Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> Is he in Nebraska? Not if he's smart. <laughs> Let's see if this guy's smart or not. All right, four oh two. Hello, Nebraska. Oh, hello. I'm not sure how I got in the caller queue here. I think I laughed too loud because uh, I actually oh. only have a question. <laughs> Could be. Well, you push one on the dial and you get us. So there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm in Utah right now. Ah, good man. He's out out of Nebraska. Yes. All right. 
Do you you know why all the trees in Nebraska lean to the north? No, I don't. Because South Dakota sucks. (laughs) That sounds about right. There you go. (laughs) So you don't have any questions or anything? No, I I can offer some tire experience, but uh, uh, no question. I have one of these. uh, I have a low-profile triaxle trailer with the 18-and-a-half-inch tires on it. Yeah. And uh was backing into uh, a place one day real tight, and uh, I thought, well, I'll just ease it, uh, you know, back up over the curb there real slow. And, uh, of course, ripped off the mud flap. I knew I was going to do that. But uh, what I did realize <laughs> at the time was uh, those smaller tires, they don't do well on the curbs. Uh, about 1,000 miles no. later, I think, yeah, it cost me about 1,000 bucks. I uh, destroyed two of them. Doing yeah, that. you destroyed the sidewall on that son of a bitch. Yeah, yep, expensive much. lesson. Yes, yes. All right. Well, we appreciate that bit of of uh, knowledge for our listeners, sir. All right. And you know, I heard that joke a little different. I had heard that it was because Kansas blows. Well, no, but yeah, could be Kansas <laughs> blows. North Dakota sucks either way. One way or the other, Nebraska stuck in the middle. Yep. All right. You have a good day. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. We got another caller. Uh, actually, we got two. More. We got two more. What time is it? We got eight minutes. Eight minutes. We can handle two callers in eight minutes. Seven one six. Seven one six. New York. New York. Hmm. New York City. That's where you get your piccante sauce. Yeah, that's where my that's my favorite's made. All right. Well, let's see. Maybe this guy hauls piccante sauce. Let's find out. That would be a. All right. Click the button, and I bet he's not in New York. Hello, New York. Oh, I'm not in New York. Where you at? I'm almost in Boston, Massachusetts. Ooh, I thought that's where I was going. going to Bean Town. You gonna haul some Boston baked beans? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm hauling antifreeze. Hauling antifreeze. Antifreeze in and tea out. Got it. Okay. Anyway, my question to you is: Is I own a 2005 Kenworth T600. I replaced yeah. the steer tires, both of them at the same time. One is now at 11. The other one is at 6. Uh-huh. Along with my drive tires, I have replaced them all at the same time. Everyone on the left is down 3 to 4, 30 seconds more than the ones on the right. Whoa, that's interesting because usually it's the rear drive axle that works faster than the front drive axle. It's everything on the left. Was this was was this truck built by a, a Democrat? Um, I'm not sure if it was built by a Democrat or a Libertarian. Oh, one or the other. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now let's go back to the tire wear problem on the steer axle. Which front tire is wearing faster, the left front? It's all the left. Yes. That is the left one. The left front. Okay. And your left rears are all wearing faster, too. Yes. Interesting. When you feel the steer tires and slide your hand across them, have you felt for feathered wear? There is no feathered wear. And it's not wearing faster on one shoulder of the tire than the other? It's just all the way across? All the way across. Wow. Well, if it's uh, four thirty seconds faster in how many miles? I think there's about eighty thousand on these. Oh, okay. If I align a truck the way I want to align a truck, I deliberately skew the rear drive axle slightly to compensate for the crown of the road, and the left front tire will wear two to three thirty seconds faster than the right front tire in about sixty thousand miles, and then I recommend rotating the steers until they even back out again, okay? So the okay. fact that you've got three to four 30 seconds difference, surprise. that's not a big surprise. Especially, especially if there's no feather wear. If yeah. you got feather wear, we've got an issue that we need to deal with. Right. Now, normally the rear diff wears faster than the front diff, and when we get four 30 seconds difference front to rear, we normally X rotate the tires. Now, you're saying it's all wearing on the left side, but I'd still be doing that. I'd be X rotating my drive tires when I got a difference in wear rate in order to wear them out as a set. Right. 
and it's and it was right. How and, many? and I understand that the the wear t- or the drive tires have been on there uh, virtually two months. And two my, months. Yeah, my on both of my rear axles, the outside uh, right tire is at twenty thirty seconds. The inside yeah. one is at like nineteen. The and then you go to the other side of the truck, the left side of the truck. The inside one is at eighteen, and then the outside one is at seventeen. Wow! And there's no feathered wear on those tires, right? No, sir. There is not. They're actually is, is there heel and toe on those tires? No, sir. There is not. You're not getting any heel and toe wear. You're just getting rapid wear across your whole truck from right to left. Correct. Do you always drive in right turns? <laughs> um, well, you know, when you're in Buffalo, New York, and you tell somebody yeah. to hold your coffee and watch this, we usually go around that way, yes. We, the reason I brought that up is we've done some work on test tracks, oval test tracks. And when they always turn left, we get that kind of wear all the way across the truck and the trailer, wearing worse on the right side and better on the left side. But okay. uh, anybody driving on the highway, I can't imagine that you could consistently turn right. Just doesn't. Just doesn't. It, it does get interesting, trust me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a clear-cut answer for that. Boy, it's something I'd really like to look at and get some more data on. But right now, over the phone, I don't have an answer for you. It sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird to us too. So, do you guys have anything to do with aliens? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Just Bostonians. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I appreciate your your feedback. Um, would you would you recommend just rotating everything X pattern with the left's on the right, the right's on the left? Yes, yes. I would definitely X rotate my tires right now. Yeah, and, and see, see if what happens. and see if I could get them to even back out. Right, and see if the if now it, maybe it's a tire issue and all those tires are going to continue to wear like that, or maybe it's a truck issue and the left side is going to accelerate. I can't buy the tire issue. That just doesn't well, that doesn't break. You're just grasping at straws, is what you're doing. Well, that, that's basically what that's what we do every day. We do all. Okay, all right. Give it a shot, buddy, and get back in touch with us. We'd be curious what goes on, okay? All right, right, sir. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. We got more callers. We got more questions. Uh, 740. 740. What do you think? Ohio? Sure. Sure. Is he in Ohio? Uh, Probably. No, he's out of Ohio. That's my guess. Hello, Ohio. I think it's Hello. Jerry Ream. Hello. Hello. Oh, are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. Are you there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you threw you threw me there with the seven four zero. I was <laughs> thought he was doing zip codes and that's area codes. Okay. Area codes. We're always yeah. area codes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Ohio also. Okay. So What's yeah, up? if you want a football team, pick the Browns. You can go nowhere but up. <laughs> I had that way with San Diego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the comment you made a little bit ago about inflation on Goodyear's. Uh, uh-huh. I run Goodyear's on the front at 105, and uh, I do get that where. Uh, yeah. Uh, would 110 be enough, or should I go higher than that? Well, if the sidewall says 110, I want 120. Okay. What size tire are you running? Are you running a low pro 22.5? Yeah. Okay, the sidewall on that yeah. tire will say 110. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unless, the XDA 3s. Yeah, and, and you need to get up 10 pounds over whatever the sidewall says, so I'd want 120 there. Well, geez, I'm going to have to tie myself to the seat. But, yeah, I'll tr- give it a try. And, uh, yeah, the right front one is getting a little feather wear all the way around about an inch in on the outside uh-huh. edge. Uh-huh. It, well, you may have a uh, you got may have some little... Go ahead. Go ahead. 
they got 166,000 on them. Woo! Woo! You can't complain about that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but you need a little more air, and you would get even better. And this is on a what time? Okay. Goodyear. It's Goodyear. on a. No, 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 Michelin. Oh, oh, it's a Michelin. I won't. I won't. Yeah, I won't spend money on Goodyears. I see. Okay. <laughs> if I gave them to you I'll for never... free, would you take them? Uh, for free, I'd use them. Oh, I never said you had to use them. Would you take them? You can always sell them to somebody. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd take them for free. But, uh, yeah, I got a no, I got a no seven, seven Coronado, and it loves Michelin's on the front. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. I would recommend a little higher pressure, and you'd be surprised how little effect it'll have on the ride. All righty, I'll give that a shout. See if I can get okay. two fifty out of these. Very good, buddy. All right. Thanks. Love your show. You need to do it at a different time, though. I'm usually home on Sunday nights. Oh, well, this is the slot they gave us. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Very good. We got another one there. That was Ohio. It was. And the last one here for the night is 917. 917. And that is, where do you think? I don't know. New York City. It's more New York. Boy, we had two Minnesotas, two New Yorks, two Wisconsins. This has been a two for night. Two Wisconsin. Whatever. Anyway. Let's see what this guy wants. He wants some paste piccani sauce. Uh, Hello there. How you doing? Can you hear me now? There's nobody there. Well, that's good. Cause we got dead air. All right. Well, it's been a fun evening. We've had a good time. We've answered a couple of myths. We told a couple of jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave some bad advice, but yep. that's what we do every week, so it's all cool. Yep. We will be back next week, and we will continue looking for myths and mysteries that we can debunk. Right. And in the meantime, you folks have a good week. Right. Bye. Thanks for calling me, everybody.